You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron. Now here's your host, Ethan Haristadulu. Welcome back, everybody, to the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Haristadulu, and today I am taking a look at the Atlanta Falcons and in diving into some free agency discussion, taking a look at, guys, I would expect and or like to see the Falcons either re-sign or target going into free agency. So I invite you all to do the same in the comments section down below. My Falcons fans, let me know what you all think in the comments. But starting off with the re-signings first, I have three guys I have highlighted. And the first player I'm going to look at here, this one kind of, I think, determines how much you actually follow the Falcons. And that's going to be linebacker Nathan Landman, a guy who is expected to be an exclusive rights free agent here, meaning that the Falcons have every right to tender him at what they believe his value is and that's what he's going to have to play on next season. I believe the number is in the ballpark of about 800000 or so give or take. I don't know the exact number but I think it's somewhere along those lines. In 2023, stepping in for the injured linebacker Troy Anderson who went down in week number 3, we're looking at 110 total tackles, 7 tackles for loss. He had a couple of sacks and an interception as well. You want to talk about an undrafted free agent taking advantage of an opportunity. He was brought into the team in 2022 he presents the exact type of story you want to get. When an injury strikes, an unfortunate situation, a guy like him steps up and does an excellent job in replacement until Troy Anderson is able to return. I think when... You look at this team as a whole, whether you believe that Landman should be starting going forward or if you think Troy Anderson comes back and beats him out or it's an open competition, whatever it may be, this is the type of guy you want to see the Atlanta Falcons retain. So I do think he is one of those guys that should be back next year. I'd be kind of surprised if he winds up being anywhere else besides Atlanta. But whether he ends up starting, taking reps in a rotational role, or just winds up being a very, very good depth for the Atlanta Falcons, he is someone that needs to be on this roster next year. The second guy that I'm going to highlight here is going to be on the defensive line, and that's going to be the old man himself, Calias Campbell. The guy is 37 years old, going into his age 38 season. I have his average annual value estimate set around something along the lines of like 8 to 10 million, coming off his best season since 2019 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He started all 17 games. He had 56 tackles, 10 for a loss, six and a half sacks, 24 pressures. Calias Campbell is a tone setter, a guy that you just cannot seem to replace except for maybe like the Ravens being like the lone instance of that. But this is a guy that for whatever reason has moved around the league and probably shouldn't have been. He is somebody who year in and year out is very, very good. And the fact that at age 37 had his best season since what, four years ago, five years ago is kind of ludicrous. On top of that, the type of guy he is, a veteran leader in the locker room, this is somebody that you want to retain for at least another season. You're probably going to have to load up the guarantees, but I don't think an 8 to $10 million contract for a singular season is really out of the realm of possibility or too unrealistic. There's not a lot of guys you can come across like Kalias Campbell, and he was a big reason why the defense up front was able to really turn it up a notch this past season and I do think it would be a mistake allowing him to walk somewhere else he's one of those guys regime change be damned going on over in Atlanta you want to keep him in 
Atlanta for at least another season. Convince him to forego retirement, offer him the money he deserves, keep him around for one more year until you can actually find a true replacement for the value he's brought to the defense. And the third guy that I have listed here, and you should probably notice a little bit of a theme right now because it's very defensive focused here. I'm looking at edge rusher and I'm talking about Bud Dupree. I have his average annual value estimate for his next deal set somewhere along the lines of about five to seven million dollars or so. Not a massive number, but a decent number considering the fact that he has had he just had his best season since departing from Pittsburgh a few years ago. In 16 games, you're looking at 39 tackles, eight for a loss, six and a half sacks, and two forced fumbles. I do think that trying to keep your defense together as much as possible through this regime change is probably something that the Atlanta Falcons should consider here. You had a really solid defense with only a few things that you could really look at and go, this needs to be a little bit better. But overall, the Atlanta Falcons were an absolute unit and were in not the reason why this team did not make the playoffs. So I think keeping continuity is key for this defense going into next season here. I think if you're re-signing Bud, Bud Dupree, being a little bit older, it's probably a one- or a two-year deal with, again, some more guarantees than you probably give other guys, but it allows you to keep that number low so you don't have to pay him as much money because you're guaranteeing him so much of that 5 to $7 million. But this is all about retaining your defense and keeping some key pieces that helped elevate this defense a little bit this past season. And I think keeping a lot of those guys together on top of maybe adding some guys to your defense as well this next offseason could help that defense go from being really good to an elite level type of defense. And I think keeping these core guys that I just talked about go a long way in doing that. Now, outside of the re-signings and shifting focus on the positions that I would like to see and or expect to see the team go after in free agency, the first one I'm looking at here is going to be wide receiver. Now, Obviously, you have Drake London, but you do have a handful of guys that are potentially set to hit free agency, and I wouldn't be shocked to see maybe like a guy like Mac Hollins be hung on to because he is a great run blocker. Dude is absolutely yoked out of his mind, but I do think that we could see some changing or at least additions to the wide receiver room being that the last scheme you guys had offensively was very tight end focus. And now there's a very clearly a shift going on here with the departure of John U. Smith. I do think that going after a smaller, more like shifty type of guy that could, you know, maybe get lost in the defense sort of player. That's what you're probably aiming for here. You of course have Drake London. Like I was saying, big bodied guy, dude, somebody that really needs a good quarterback throwing his way to really help him maximize his skill set. But you also have Kyle Pitts, who's like athletic enough to be like pseudo wide receiver slash tight end wherever you need to line him up you can get away with it so I do think a smaller shiftier guy is someone you need to look at here and this does probably come down to what happens with Van Jefferson but it's just one of those things where even if Van Jefferson's retained I wouldn't be shocked to see them bring in another wide receiver because I do think you need to do so and when I look at guys that are potentially going to be available like Curtis Samuel from Washington or Gabe Davis from Buffalo Marquise Brown from Arizona or Darnell Mooney from Chicago those guys all kind of fit that bill and would make a lot of sense here you're not relying on them to be the guy in your offense but you're bringing in a guy who has the speed and the ability to get lost within that defense smaller guys per se that could maybe do some work for you while you obviously have Kyle Pitts and Drake London and even now Bijan Robinson out of the backfield taking a lot of the focus in the passing game because Bijan Robinson a guy that can do a lot with the ball in his hands whether he's catching it or running it so I do think it wouldn't it wouldn't be a surprise and honestly it would probably do the Falcons good to maybe target a wide receiver here again doesn't have to be a guy that breaks the bank because it also allows you to maybe go after a guy you like in the draft as well during like day two or three of the draft 
The second position I have highlighted here is going to be cornerback. And I think this really comes down to just ultimately what Atlanta does with Jeff Okuda. Obviously, having capital given away to make that trade and get him from Detroit is something that this new regime has to consider now. But I, you know, who knows? He is a guy with a first round pedigree where injuries have kind of given you some issues as far as the trajectory of your career is concerned. And the NFL is a league full of egos. And his market is kind of hard to project because he is a guy that is a number four overall selection. He has that upper echelon of the first round draft pedigree tied to his name. And whether you Atlanta Falcons fans believe or not, he did well or did not do well is kind of beside the point because his market could be robust or it might not be because there is a good chance that there is some defensive coordinator or some secondary coach who's going to convince his head coach and the rest of the you know front office there listen injuries and the schemes he's been playing in probably limited his ability. I can make him that number four overall selection he was supposed to be. That's a very real thing in the NFL. Ego is a very real thing in the NFL. So his market might be a little bit more expensive than you'd probably anticipate. So that all being said, if they wind up letting Okuda walk in free agency, I think looking for somebody to work opposite A.J. Terrell is a must. A.J. Terrell is a guy that I've been a big fan of since he's coming to the NFL. I got burned by a lot of people for saying he was one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL just a couple of years ago, and I don't really think he's done too much to make me feel otherwise, and I, you know, I need to see a guy opposite of him so he can maximize his ability. When I look at guys in this free agent market that are potentially going to be available that won't necessarily break the bank. Two people come to mind, and that's like Akella Witherspoon and Dane Jackson from the Rams and the Bills, respectively. I think both those guys have a lot of snaps under their belt as legitimate starters for their defenses here, but they're not guys that are going to probably cross that $10 million per year mark. You could probably look somewhere along the lines of like 7 to 8 or $9 million to get these guys, and I think that's solid number two numbers. So I wouldn't be opposed to seeing them chase after a corner Back, should Jeff Okuda be gone? And then the last position I have here, and this one's certainly not least, but it comes down to one specific guy, and I want you to really hear me out on this one here. It's quarterback, and it's Kirk Cousins, or go for someone in the draft. I'm not necessarily sure going after a Justin Fields or somebody else from any other team right now makes a lot of sense. I do think that there is a very real possibility that Kirk Cousins might price himself out of Minnesota, just considering their contract situation and the amount of money that they may have to pay some people, depending on who they do and do not opt to resign. I think there's a very real possibility Kirk Cousins hits free agency. And if he does, Atlanta should be the number one player in his sweepstakes. Yes, it's probably going to cost a lot of money, but the way Kirk Cousins has always been willing to do business, he takes a lot of guarantees to keep the actual full in total number lower, which helps teams out when you look at quarterbacks making 50 plus million right now. If you guaranteed a deal at 40 million, that wouldn't be bad. And he's already made it clear. He's not taking a discount from Minnesota. Now, Again, kind of scary, but at the same time, look at the production Kirk Cousins has had and maybe why this team hasn't quite made it as far as they should have, and that being Minnesota. 
I don't necessarily blame what the offense has been doing here. They ripped away Dalvin Cook, which took away an entire piece to their offense last year, and I think that showed. And we saw a lot of miscues and fumbles from that position. On top of that, the defense in Minnesota has never quite been to the level it needs to be for Minnesota to be a legitimate contender. People try to rag on, you know, Kirk Cousins for his inability in primetime games and whatnot, but when you look at some of those games, he's not the reason they're losing those games. If you take Kirk Cousins at, let's hypothetically say, $40 million a year, and you plop him in Atlanta with Drake London, with Kyle Pitts, with Bijan Robinson now, maybe you keep Cordero Patterson for another year, Tyler Algier, whoever it is you want to, you know, and we're talking bringing in another guy like Gabe Davis or Marquise Brown, however you want to make that work, behind an offensive line that maybe needs just a slight upgrade on the interior so that you're not as leaky protecting the pass, coupled with a defense that, as I already mentioned, has been very good and with another piece or two could potentially be great if not maybe even elite you have all the makings in a weak nfc south as a legitimate playoff contender and a team that could push deep into the playoffs i don't see why that's an unrealistic scenario and again it comes down to if kirk cousins is available yes but if he is there atlanta should be a major player in the Cousins sweepstakes i firmly believe in the talent of all the skill players you have offensively in atlanta I am a big fan of Drake London, big fan of Kyle Pitts, big fan of the Bijan Robinson selection last year. I want to see this offense shift its focus to a more traditional passing game type of attack with the talent you have over there with an offensive line that is a pretty good unit that just needs a little bit of tweaking with Kirk Cousins at the helm and a really good defense. Hell, even with just the, the, the defense you had last year, if Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, the Falcons probably win the NFC South. They probably beat out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for that, and they probably push into the playoffs because I, Kirk Cousins on the Falcons beats the Eagles in the same spot that the Buccaneers were, in my opinion. I, that's just how I look at that. So you have a legitimate chance at winning the NFC South. Go get Kirk Cousins. You have all the talent. I really feel like the Falcons are one of those teams. They're not a quarterback away from being a legit contender, but they're a quarterback and just a couple other pieces to help shore a few leaky spots up, and you have yourself a legitimate unit that you could threaten the NFC South with. Uh, South, excuse me, NFC Southwest with for the foreseeable future. Let me know what you think in the comment section down below, Atlanta Falcons fans. I want to hear from you all, but that is it for me. As always, greatly appreciate it if you made it to the end. I'll see you all next time. Have a good one.